G'day, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Leadership. This is Eric Perez. Thank you again for joining me on this journey we're taking to, to look at what leadership is all about. Today's podcast guest wears many hats. The first is being a self-employed beef producer in New South Wales. The other hat that my guest wears is as the founding executive director of Hay Inc. Rural Education Program. Can I welcome to the podcast, Sandra Irison. How are you, Sandra? Great. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me. It's very exciting to do my very first podcast. That's excellent. I'm glad you've said yes to having a chat to me. So let's get into the questions if we can. The first one being your leadership. What was its beginnings? Well, I was fortunate enough to grow up on a family farm in the Snowy Mountains area near Cooma, where my family sort of one of the six, I was one of the sixth generation. So a big family. I'm a twin, youngest of the twins. There's five of us in the family. My parents are very community focused. Mum taught at the local preschool and helped out on the sports and schools committees and dad did as well with the Lions Club barbecues and we were taken along to all these events and I guess that grew up in instilled in me sort of a opportunity to um, give back to community and community being so important we're part of the pony club we went to the local shows and we had um, had a great time growing up and it was very hands-on on our farm we were out on our horses mustering and helping dad on weekends we went to the local high school in Cooma which was sort of 50 k's away in an hour on a dusty old bus and then I was fortunate to gain some work in our local area for a year before heading off to university in Wagga and then working again after leaving and then studying at the University of Western Sydney where I did an agriculture course and degree and then moved on to working for veterinary pharmaceuticals companies and vets in the sales and marketing area, which was a great experience as well. So that was just all learning experiences. And then I um, I moved out to the Hay District after meeting my husband, Matt, and we have been on our family farm now for yeah 27 years could you live in an urban setting or are you too used to being out on yeah. property i tried to live in an urban setting i i lived in sydney for probably 10 months working for csl commonwealth serum laboratories for and I worked, lived in Canberra for a while, working for a veterinary company there too. But yeah, no, couldn't live in the city <laughs> to move to the country. I gave it a go, but yeah, definitely, definitely was for, for me. City is great to visit, but hate to live there. Sorry. Just uh, picking your brains a bit on, on the leadership topic. How do you define leadership, mate, for, for yourself? I mean, and on this question, and I've decided I'm going to ask this more regularly of my podcast guests because I've just made assumptions previously that um, we all had the same understanding or definition to so what's your definition of leadership? Well, I think leadership is sort of understanding yourself and surrounding yourself with people that you can support as well. I think leadership is someone who who um, can encourage others, can, can rally support, can rally communities, can rally people. A big part of leadership is communication, I see, and and supporting those around you to, to do the best that they can. And I guess I have been fortunate growing up too that I have had those support people People around me and when I moved to my new community of Bulligal I noticed you know there were some great sort of people in our community but there wasn't a lot going on so I think I had an opportunity to be that person to let's do something where we started a, a local Bulligal sheep races event and so that which has been now going for 22 years which I started with my husband and have been involved in ever since and I think leadership from that has that taught me so so much being part of a small community understanding people's personalities and I learned a lot through a leadership program that I did online with um, the National Rural Women's Coalition e-leaders I think that you needed confidence to be a leader and doing that program really helped me we did 
I did the Maya Briggs personality program, which I'd never, ever heard of. And, and the information came back and I went, oh my God, it's okay to have a messy office. <laughs> I felt really bad that I didn't. And I, it really helped me understand personality traits. I think understanding everyone has different skills and it's not just the loud person in the room that can be the leader. It's sometimes the quieter ones who, um, who are great at doing things behind the scenes that actually get things happening. You've been a beef producer for quite some years. You've got expertise there as a self-employed person in your own right. And then you've You've moved into that that field of being an executive director for uh, an education program. So from your experiences of the two, I guess I'll ask is this way. Have you applied what you would call different skill sets to being someone who's running their own business versus someone who's running an education program? Not really. I think you need to be motivated because you're obviously self-employed. No one's going to tap you on the shoulder and tell you, you need to do this, you need to do that. I think the skill set's very similar in that with our rural education program, it was an idea that a group of us had and we started it. So, and it became a unique program. And the great thing for that was that we could just go ahead and invent the wheel as such and invent a program that supported our community. And, and that's been really exciting. And it was a bit like us starting the Bullygal Sheep Races too. It was something that never been done before and we just started it in our community. So I think and the same with our, our farming situation. I'm very hands-on in the business. I handle all the sort of financial sides of things as well as get called into the paddock quite a bit. But my husband is um, very good at all the other all the other parts that need to go on in the uh, practical side of things. So I think I'm very very fortunate that yeah I'm allowed. I haven't got. I I guess I have to be answerable to people, but you're answerable to yourself. So that motivation you need that self motivation to not give up when things get tough and try and keep things positive because sometimes it can be pretty challenging. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing that because one thing that's come up in previous podcasts and you've made that very clear in your in this just this, this most recent response is that leadership can, if you start boiling it down, is about making a choice. You either choose to be a leader or you don't. And with that comes that idea that you, you just shared about being motivated to get something done. You're either going to be in the game trying to get something up and running or not. And that's always a choice. It, no one's forcing you to do it. The show that you were describing before, you said, that up and that's been going for 22 years these are all choices you made to one start it up and two to stay involved so yeah i think the the nuance of of how we define what a leader is is getting more and more complicated in my mind not that that's necessarily a bad thing do you believe in your travel sandra that the road of leadership is a lonely one or as lonely as you make it yeah that's a great question too because look yeah it can be a lonely one but I I like how you've added that last bit as lonely as you make it because yeah there has been times where you know I guess I moved to this community I met lots of young people my age having you know getting married having first babies and then the drought hit a few issues with you know big vibe ups in our community I turned around one day and realized that 12 of my best friends who'd had babies and grew up at the same time had left our community so there was that sort of generation of first children that were gone and that made it lonely because they were my mates they were my people that I surrounded myself with that you know that was my support group and I had to sort of move on so I looked online I guess I was lucky then that the internet had started to <laughs> come into its own uh, and I was lucky to be selected to be one of the first e-lead um, take part in the first e-leaders program and that really opened up a big opportunity for me it gave me skills I could learn from home I could still look after my farm my family but I think that support I found a group of other women out there who were doing similar things in their communities um, that you know I could 
get support from and, and, and share ideas. And from that, that was fantastic for me because it just gave me that, as you said, motivation and it, and it got, me, got me motivated to, it gave me some skills to, to move on and to get some more things happening in my community. So it's very lucky. And I guess I then looked at the Rural Women's Award. I think I would love to get to be part of that alumni and have that, that network of people around me to draw on. And um, that was my motivation too. That was always a little goal I had in the back of my head that I would like to to one just be a finalist in that organization in that opportunity with AgriFutures so I through my Haying Rural Education Program and through the e-leaders program I had a mentor which opened a lot of doors for me as well and I think that's important as a leader you need to have that support around you to um, open it. and being a leader yourself you then need to bring young other people on and do you know, do the same thing as with our rural education program. One thing we I like to pass on to a lot of people is say we look back in our careers when we first started out in agricultural working and there was one person or an employer that may have given you that opportunity, gave you that start or gave you that support. And now we need to be those people and um, give back to those young people and encourage them into agriculture. And um, I can see some young people in our community and that and you know tap them on the shoulder and say hey have you tried this so I was very fortunate to then amazingly win the Rural Women's Award the timing was perfect I had a fantastic project with our Hank Rural Education Program that I wanted to roll out into other communities um, I didn't expect to win I just wanted to be part of the alumni so but it was great because I then get got to do the um, do the project and uh, all of a sudden opportunities just jumped out at me from um, these amazing you know the exposure that I received from that and I've, I've learned a lot about having to speak in public having some great opportunities to to meet other people and just to learn from those amazing role role models in the community. Thing like success breeding success, and that that's um, an aw- awesome segue, Sandra, into the next topic area, which is measuring success. So I haven't really been able to pick this out of your responses so far. Sometimes the the guests give you a bit of an insight into what they might be thinking as far as the as far as this topic goes, I guess. So let me ask you, how do you measure success? Well, I had to th- think about this one, and, and I I come back to it. The, the best feeling of success is I have found at the end of the day after doing the bullyball sheet races, we organise it all day and then we all sit down and have a beer and just seeing everyone's smiling faces, bringing the whole community together and you just go, that was awesome. You know, the success is completing, a, completing an event and your team's happy and people have had a great time and, and you know, you've ticked the goals that you started out to to achieve with your project and um, that's something the same with our rural education program. I think the success is seeing these young people move on to careers in agriculture and I think the success is is building other people up and giving them opportunities whether it's a fun day out at an an event to get away from you know the challenges of life or you know things in a small community and bringing community together bringing people together and I think that's how I measure success for the things that I do so but you know there is also recognition for things is great for measuring success and getting community grants is another great success because that helped keep things ticking along and we still need to have all those parts happening as well the financial side and the governance side and all those things need to come together for um for those sort of programs I'm involved in to continue and be successful yeah that's excellent such an energizing thing to hear someone so passionate about their local community I think it's it- people should get more involved if they can i mean we're all busy people and 
you know, we can't always make time to spread some joy or do something different to help your community. And I think um, you can discover that in lots of ways. For myself, I, I volunteer and have been doing so at my uh, son's high school. If anything that I've walked away, when I walk away from that, obviously when the kids uh, have left school, that it's helped me to be a better human being and you know, getting out there and doing something in community. And, and, and that comes screaming, becomes screamingly obvious when we're talking about this, especially with, with you, that uh, it seems that that is a massive driver for you and that that comes from a good place. And I guess it's sometimes it's out of necessity too because you're saying it's a small community. So if you choose to shelter yourself away from that community, it could be a very lonely existence. Is that is that fair call? Yes, definitely. I was just about to say that, um, you know, that those events become become your social life. Like, And sometimes I feel a bit um, selfish in that you put these things on so that you can get out and about and do stuff. So you know, it gets you off the farm. It gives you another another interest. I mean, it's great. You can, you know, there's always something to do on a farm. Just wanting to be another human being <laughs> is just being a human being. We're social, we're social animals by design. And so being on a farm yeah. or, or in the industry that I work in, in my day job, which is a commercial seafood industry, these are these are men and women that are out doing their jobs very much on their own in, in rural and remote parts of the coast that nobody really gets to and I, I can fully understand where you're coming from so uh look l- let me ask you this you and you've mentioned it a few times that it seems that communication and that uh, ability to bring people together uh, are some key leader capabilities that 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 you find important and you've said as much in this podcast are there any other capabilities sandra that you believe are critical to being an effective leader I think you need to have empathy. You need to you, know, you need to understand people's personalities too, which you know can, can be a bit hard, and you need to learn how to do that. I think yeah, you need to to nurture people to be part of your team. So I think as a, as a leader, you you don't want other people in your team to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself too. So I think you need to sort of be a good role model, but you then also need to be able to delegate so that they can have opportunities. You don't want to just take over. Be prepared to let others make mistakes so that they can learn as well. Because if you give everyone the answer, what the hell is the point of having a go at something? Does that does that ring true for you? Absolutely, you've articulated it very well, Eric. It's something. Um, and yeah, there's so many examples in that this Bulligal Sheep Races Committee. We had young couples that moved into our community, just got married, and we, we stepped back and made them secretary and, and president. Um, we've done that three <laughs> times now over the last twenty years. We've still been in the on the committee in the background, helping on the day, you know. Doing bits and pieces like I'll do the PR stuff because that's I had the connections and the networks there, but um, and it's so rewarding too because you one you've palmed off a few jobs, but you know it's not always about that. But you've seen them grow in there and, and develop. Oh, it, their it, it's, too. Tough, it's sometimes about that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> having having worked at uh, having worked in in many careers myself, yeah. Sometimes you've got to just share the workload, and it it sounds like with your experience, you're now at the point where you're a, a leader slash mentor, and you're giving others the chance to do it as well as get their hands dirty and. Spending time doing the job is sometimes the best teacher because I'm assuming as those new couples have moved in year on year and they're getting better at what they're doing, you see them grow and nurture others to do the role. Do do you see that as you've gone along, Sandra? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I do, which is great. And I think it's that 
and I've seen you know people in my community when I first moved here and and they're my role models too who who were the drivers of our local little school and and keeping it open and getting it open and and wonderful things like that that we've done over the years and I think well they did it for us and we get the benefit of what they've done um, involved in the isolated children's parents association and there's some amazing um, people that have been on that organisation for years and the lobbying that they did for us for education resources and opportunities for our children you know they their children never got to receive the opportunities but ours did so you know you really appreciate that people have stepped up for us and we're now receiving those benefits so and you know doing that for the next generation as well and um, yeah I can definitely see that you know and, and and getting young people to to see that too and that's as you said it is becoming a bit of a mentoring role and you need to tap them on the shoulder because you know it's, it's you don't have the confidence to go and hey I'm going to join your committee and I'm going to be your president you need to encourage and support and teach them because it, it's not something you, you may know how to do straight away I think if someone tapped me on the shoulder if I was living in a rural community and said well you're now the treasurer of this group go on go and prosper I'd be like yeah nothing like being thrown in the deep end thanks very much and I guess it's it's at those points that you find whether somebody is going to make that role their own or if they step back and go and like I said before and this is another learning that I'm getting out of the, the uh, talking to um, all of my podcast guests is that you really are making a choice if you're going to lead you're going to mentor you're going to bring up that next generation or your succession planning it's about making a choice to do that and some people will grab that by the scruff of the neck and do something about it or, or they'll just not and nothing really changes the nature versus nurture issue so in your estimation sandra are leaders born or made oh this is a great one i've had a really big think about this i do think they are born i do think that this might be hereditary role hereditary in there. i guess i look at genetics on cattle and things so that's i do look at genetics and see you know traits and things like that but i think they need to also be nurtured to reach their potential so in in the right environment so yeah I do think there needs to be that instilled passion perhaps which may come from yeah the 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 nurturing rather nature for the leader to be an effective leader they need to be nurtured there needs to be support with skills or learning along the way or or role models or mentoring yeah well I got that one very very wrong Um, I would have gone for you and said (laughs) that you would have said it was only made not uh, not born but that's interesting I guess that comes from your experiences being a uh uh, a beef producer and, and seeing that from birth to death seeing those genetic traits in those animals and that does that transfer to people and um, it, it makes for an interesting conversation because of, with with this particular question there is absolutely no right or wrong I think you could write papers either way to make a case for one the other or some hybrid of the two I just want to pick your brains a little bit and get your perspective on this one of my previous podcast guests so I was speaking to my house who suggested that it's more than just the binary are they made or are they born or potentially a combination of the two there's two additional elements one being that issue of choice do you choose to be a leader or don't you and the 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 next one which i thought was very interesting and, and comments on either would be great for me sandra is being a lifelong learner that leadership in in its truest sense is about being able to learn all the time and be able to take information in and pick the bits out that suit you potentially and then apply it in the context in which you work. What, what What's your perspective on that, mate? That's so true, lifelong learning. And and as you said, picking the bits out and, and putting them into your situation for you. Oh, I'm learning all the time. And it, 
and it's my community involvement and my being in, on committees and, and, you know, working in the local community and jobs that I've done that, I've, you know, I've, that how I've learned. Um, <laughs> I've now got some amazing media contacts just from trying to tell a story in their local community about sheep racing. So, which then led to, you know, getting a teacher at our school, which had closed down. And um, I had three children and I was not going to teach them school the year, I can tell you. So, you know, learning skills doesn't have to be in, you know, through a university. It's like learning skills in a community can be from, you know, as you said, you took on the treasurer's role and uh, in, in your, in, you know, handed that and you have to, I, I was handed that position too with our mobile children's services and I think it was actually before that, a nursing mother's group. So, uh, and I had not had a lot of bookkeeping skills. So um, all those sort of lifelong learning is, yeah, is so important. And I think that then those skills you can put into um, your business or into, you know, what, what drives you and what your passion is. And I think, you know, you need to, if you're not, if you're not doing what drives you and your passion and you love what you do, you're not happy and I think that um, that's the most important bit too is to, you need to be happy in what you're doing to then be able to achieve your successes. Yeah, could, could not agree more. I, I guess one thing that's now worrying me is if I go out to a rural or regional area, am I going to be inundated with jobs that I didn't necessarily want? Oh, here you go. Here's, here's, here's no. an for you. Go, go, go off and do what you need to do. And I think it's by necessity because there's so few of you in rural and remote areas that you, you've got to be prepared to get in and give it a go. And I think the kind of person, and, and this is, I would assume, and again, it's only an assumption that people that live in rural remote areas or on cattle stations or out in the middle of nowhere, I have a certain personality type or a certain view of the world that I'm just going to get in and do what needs to be done. And that's just the way it is because of the nature of where I am. Is that, is that, does that ring true for you, Sandra? I think so because you know the people out here in you know it's pretty tough you can go through some pretty tough time you have to be pretty resilient and they're doers they're they're go-getters that if if they can't handle living out they won't live out here so um you know they get in and get things done and whether it's for the benefit of their business or the benefit of their community they're doers they're goers because it can be a challenging work environment so yeah I agree with that it's an amazing group of human beings that can do what you guys do out in the middle of nowhere I, I, I have to put my hand up I couldn't do it I just it's just not enough uh, in me to have the uh, the resilience to live that kind of life. And we need people to be able to do that. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to feed ourselves. But that's a whole nother podcast. There has been some amazing changes, though, with technology, which has supported people where we are living. Like for me, you know, getting the internet uh, was, a, was a game changer because my lifelong learning could continue. I, I, I was connected all of a sudden with other like-minded people women or people in communities doing same things which has helped my development so we're not as isolated as we used to be so and we can jump on and and talk to people in zoom and um and i think that's really changing the shape of our rural and remote communities as well because we are getting so many more skills coming back into our areas because people can work from remote areas which is which is a big game changer and it's and it's great so sandra we're at the end of the podcast i have one more topic area to bring up and this one again needs needs me to ask you to draw on your experiences obviously looking back on your leadership pathway what would you tell a younger version of yourself about being a more effective leader sit back and listen a bit more don't rush in 
And I, I've learned so much more about people's personalities. Um, I think understand that you do need those different personalities and those different traits um, as part of your team. So I think I would tell myself to uh, yeah to take take on board a lot uh, a lot more of the other skills around you and get that support. Don't try and do it all on your own because it's it's going to be one two of the things. It'll make it easier for you and it will also make it a, a better outcome for all involved because those people will learn um, more skills and and be part of the leadership journey and go on to be leaders as well. So. I think that's one thing I would have yeah, told tell myself back then. So yeah, learning all the time about dealing with those things too, which is exciting. And you know, I, and you've got to do what you love. You've got to be doing what you really enjoy to doing to um to be good at it and to succeed in it too. Brilliant, thank you, Sandra. So for those listening, I've been speaking to Sandra Irison, who is a beef producer one of the great people out in the ag sector doing what we can't do in the city so very much appreciate that and she is also the founding executive director of hay inc rural education program sandra thanks for your time mate it's been wonderful it's really made me think about my journey and something um and leadership um and I've got a lot out of this, actually. I'll probably move on and, uh, and make me a better leader, just having a think back of um, how I've got to this point. So I really appreciate it. I love, love your podcast. Thank you. Oh, thanks very much. And, and thank you. You're a fantastic storyteller. And this is what um, I, I don't think you brought it up in the skill set when, when, when I was asking that question. But I think you and others that I've spoken to are very good at telling a story. And that, that falls under that banner of communication and so be it. But I, I think this, this, this for me is always an educational uh, process and um, it reminds me that we are very reliant on those in in rural and regional Australia to live and by live I mean being able to access our food and so that's much appreciated so for those listening this has been Eric Perez on Talking Leadership thank you for joining me as always I'll catch everyone on the next podcast